0: your weekly Cornish baby and this is the Kieran doing the intro cosplaying as Nick but joined us joining with us is actually Nick. Hi. Adulia.
1: Hello.
0: Crowd favorite Rob. Present. (laughs) And joining us as our special guest is Casper. Hello. Hey girls. How are things?
2: (laughs) Plotsing to be here.
0: (laughs) Very enthusiastic. I appreciate it. Yeah we love it. well who
3: can't be with this topic am i right (laughs) my
4: brain's already like i I, yeah oh god i've read so many shit lib uh 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 takes this week that my brain is mush and i have decided that i'm just gonna start chain smoking again because (laughs) life does not matter i thought you were gonna say you're gonna just stop reading it but
3: it's good to just Hmm? add something else to it yeah
4: no, say? I threatened to do it on Twitter, but I never started smoking again, actually.
5: <laughs> I'm chain smoking, couldn't Yeah, it's
0: yeah. a very it's shutdown thing to do.
5: Exactly, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love the, like, hopes that we had for the lockdown of being like, we're all going to get jacked. <laughs> And we're all going to, like, save money because we're not going out anymore. Nope. No. no, Apparently I have to, I have to spend just as much money as I did
4: before to live.
5: It's all going it's to turned, alcohol and cigarettes.
0: It yeah. Yeah. turns out I was only ever paying for Netflix. That was the entirety of the, like, entertainment budget. Right, so the main topic today is uh, something that I will uh, be chiming in on because it is a Yank German episode. We're talking about Germany's reaction to the new president, uh, now I, that everything is good. The official yes? term
4: for it now is the Transatlantic Partnership. Now that Joe Biden's <laughs> back into power, we can finally mend these wounds. So I would appreciate if you take this a little bit more professional,
0: okay? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've re- I just remembered that like at- Atlanticism is back again, baby. Yes. Uh, we're doing it. It's all fine. I, okay. I've been reading, reading about a whole episode, Yeah, the uh,
2: continental place basically shut again.
3: <laughs> I've been reading a lot <laughs> about means- passive income. Mm-hmm. So I decided to buy a lot of Atlanticist coin and oh boy, that was a good <laughs> investment. Way up. I mean,
5: according, according to Ted Cruz, uh, Biden already cares more about the people in Paris. That was than... the greatest
3: post
4: I've seen in the I last 24 it.
2: hours. That was so good.
0: Because of the, the Paris Agreement. Exactly. Yes. Sick. And the good Parisians take,
2: take. care back so hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
1: You know, Joe Street Biden.
4: Parties. Joe Biden's actually probably, no, actually, to be very fair, Joe Biden's probably more popular in France right now than Emmanuel Macron is in
2: so whole
0: country. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, it's not hard,
2: but (laughs) But I'm more
0: popular than Macron in
2: France. But it's interesting. I mean, you meant that as a joke, obviously. But um, it is actually the exact same model, right? It's like you claim that there's fascists and everyone has to vote for you and the left has to fall in line behind you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's the Hmm. Macron model.
3: Before we think too much about that uh, possible... harbinger of the future um we're going to stick to yeah crowning this new era that has just dawned and especially what um well i don't know we've talked on and off about german media here on the show uh just a little bit and i i think that especially the reporters um in german media from you know basically all all, all publications um and the way they react to politics in the u.s is an interesting um prism through which to view uh All these things we've talked about. Atlanticism, uh, liberal democracy, uh, the threats of uh, challenges to that, populism, all these things. And so Casper, as a journalist, yeah, Casper has some on-the-ground experience. Uh, We did bring him in because he was in the U.S. for the election, wrote um, several pieces on it for the uh, left Swiss, um, his newspaper, journal, um, Um, It's a newspaper. Yeah. Um, We will link to those in the the description. But I wanted to open by asking uh, Casper generally if he has any impressions of the election to share and how his on-the-ground experience uh, gelled with what, I don't know, the general impression from German media was.
2: Um, It was a really, like, an amazing experience. And I don't say that lightly. I'm not a very enthusiastic person. Um, but I like, I don't know, just being in Philadelphia when the election was called was amazing. I like danced my ass off all night with like all of these people in the streets, which was just wonderful after going through the whole shutdown. I mean, the insane thing was that I was only able to go to the U S because I'm an American citizen and only able to come back because I'm also a European citizen. So being able to travel in this time was also sort of a bizarre experience with these like empty airports mm. and then going to these different American cities that are completely shut down. Like Seattle was the, my dad is from Seattle, so I know the city quite well. And it was a really bizarre experience just to see this ghost town. It was worse than in other places I've been to. It was just like stores shut, like buses empty super strange and then all of a sudden like this explosion of of like joyous like collective joy at these different like i was in portland for protests and the protests were like before the police came beat beat everyone up were really like these joyous like occasions and then as i mentioned actually when the election was called it was a really wonderful um experience and then you come back to Germany and you're just sort of like, hmm, I never want to see a German protest again because the ones in the US were so like fun and vibrant and like actually optimistic. <laughs> it was also because it was for a left-wing weekly. So first of all, their ideolo- ideological bent is obviously towards left activism, but also it's like, because it's a weekly, there's more like in-depth and background things. So it was like a series of articles on left activism. And it was just really... Impressive if you're used to sort of the glum atmosphere of of European leftists to, like, encounter these Americans who are, like, obviously, like, much more op- optimistic just by virtue of their culture, but also because, like, shit is so bad that if you're not optimistic, nothing will happen. <laughs> and I thought it was really impressive that they, in, like, Portland, Seattle, upstate New York, New York City, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., the places i went to these people all sort of said the same that they like don't have time to discuss ideological splits because we will die we can do this later
3: yeah um you say all that um but in your writing did you talk about um a gespaltenes land that is being unified through this wonderful <laughs> return <laughs> to normalcy to <laughs> and you know and and good leadership Hope. and just you know Hope. Being just being loving and caring,
2: yeah, unity. Just like stitch everything back together. The deep wounds that Trump has torn into this country—they
5: were never there before. <laughs> never. There were no, no divisions we in the U.S. it's Clearly, just no, like like just Biden like... said in the inauguration speech, um, when we work together as a country, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, yeah they were. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually I have really today's
2: Süddeutsche Zeitung here. This oh hell yeah! Look, this makes me look like um, like a kidn- kidnapping victim. It's like <laughs> victim. <laughs> so I'm very old school, but um, I actually like highlighted some things in here because it is really bizarre. And in one of them, it literally says, "Wait, well, I can't find it now." But ah, here it is. Um, uh, blah blah blah. Die Botschaft war möglicherweise heilsam für die tiefen Wunden, die Trumps Präsidentschaft geschlagen hatte. <laughs> His message was possibly healing for the deep wounds that Trump's presidency had hit or had torn open, and is this bizarre that a German politics journalist would seriously write that only Trump's presidency mm-hmm. created wounds? Mm-hmm. That like, a a country that's simply this big, but also this diverse geographically, historically, racially. Mm. politically, economically, even if you go to different parts of the US, it's like a completely different economic structure. Like, of course, it's there's huge divisions. There's huge divisions in this country as small as Germany.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. look you at you how, say like, that. I mean, and yet every single <laughs> big German journalist seems to uh, keep going back to that. Well,
1: that's true.
4: Yeah. yeah. I just think it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's really funny in the perspective of it. Then obviously liberals do the same thing in the United States. There's no question about it. Um, oh yeah. The amount of, of quality posting that we saw uh, come, you know, by from, from Biden winning to, um, you know, the inauguration. I don't think that I've seen more of that. Like we just to, like, can't wait to go back to normal, this and that and that. But I find the sense of that German like politics reporters or whatever your journalists or whatever they they, they may be who work for major liberal publications really wish that they could be a part of that. And they like double down on it even more so with like a very weird slant that then's just like this bizarre fetishism of the United States that we've talked about multiple I times about of this show, say, like yeah. Route 66 and shit like that. It's but like re- make it political. Yeah.
5: It's, yeah I it's, mean, uh, <laughs> I also
2: have this. Oh, oh that's okay. The Junge Welt, the like GDR, like Marxist newspaper. And they have like. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Their phrasing is very, very different on these things. So they have like on the title page, they have an article on how Biden has signed 70 um, 70 presidential orders already. And so it's like, "Mm -hmm -hmm." So unterschrieb er ein Schriftstück an die Vereinten Nationen, in dem er um die Wiederaufnahme seines Landes in das Pariser Klimaschutzabkommen bittet. And this is really funny that they write that um, Biden signed a piece of legislation that begs or pleads with the United Nations to like accept the U S back into the Paris climate accords, <laughs> which is like basically it's a very subtle diss. It's like yeah, reducing <laughs> the U the U.S.'s power status while I mean, as, everyone as else is should like be elevating doing. it so much. It's
4: like, yeah. I mean, because like the, the, the reality of it is, is that, I mean, I do legitimately think that Trump or not, the U S is just not, is is becoming less powerful in the world just because of how China is is doing, simply that. And I find it almost slightly pathetic in the sense of how this weird political class in Germany wants it to go back, but like we've talked about before with like the DSA episode, where like the not I don't want to say like the general public of Germany, but like I feel that Germans as a whole are like a little bit more critical of how the US is. Like they like the vibe of the US, but not the politics. And I think it's, like, a weird, like, like, that's the thing that I was kind of, like, like, really curious about going into this episode when when we suggested this topic to you, Casper, is that what is then your perspective of then being within the German media structure of seeing how then this attitude towards the U.S. is and then kind of interacting then with a, you know, okay, you're in, you know, Swiss but you have you've lived in Germany as well and that the general attitudes towards the United States especially turns towards I mean Berlin's obviously an outlier but I do think that then people are at least oh, not overwhelmingly but have like a general critique of the US is like in its foreign policy but then still like the US is like culturally what it is where I feel that this kind of like mixes both into it at the same time is like well the US is just this ultimate good you know and and it kind of doesn't actually translate well, I think, into how like most Germans actually view the United States.
2: Um, well, I think the, the attitudes of the United States in both the former West and the former East have changed a lot over the last 30 years. And even five years ago, before Trump, it was very different than today. And I think a lot of how German media reports on Trump has to do with basically domestic politics. I mean, not like a straight line from there, but like it's an ideological thing. It's like, how do you react to right wing populism yeah. or populism as such and so on? But underlying that, there's a more like general attitude towards the United States that I think has become more positive actually than it used to be in a lot of ways, which has a lot to do with cultural penetration and like exchanges between like transatlantic organizations and like stipends for German journalists to go to the U S and so on. Um, and those are like different things. I remember when I moved to Germany because I moved to Germany to work for Die Zeit, And I lived in Germany very briefly before that, but I, I don't know. I was not very aware of a lot of things in German society and culture because I just simply did not grow up here. I speak German because my mom is Swiss. I went to high school and university there, but I was not aware of the cultural differences, basically. So it was like for me, being in Germany is always is still actually after being here for almost 10 years is quite strange because I speak the language perfectly and by now without an accent. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: um, but often so I understand what people are saying, but I don't really understand what, what they're saying or why they're saying something.
1: Right. Yeah, is. So this, this is sort of like what, what
2: Oscar Wilde said about the Britain and the US it's like two countries divided by a common language right oh, so
1: um,
2: because like my my last name is Schaller and it's spelled with an SH it's quite obvious that I have like some Anglo background and then in my first job at Deetside like this, this kept coming up and then I noticed that what like things that people said about the US to me were totally bizarre and they just like assumptions that they had about me because I'm part American and I've lived in the U S and my family or most of my family now lives in the U S again. Um, were quite strange. So something that came up frequently was like that. They thought I was super rich, which I was just like, well, I we mean, all are. Yeah. <laughs> like most people in the U S are not mega rich. And then it was like these constant things that were like, um, they saw so like, I was talking about my youngest brother going to going to college soon, and then someone was like, "Oh, is he going to Harvard?" And I was like,
0: "What? <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: what, Why? Like, what? Why do you think that? Why is that the first question you have? Is that the school? It's like sort of as if they all live in Gossip Girl, and they think yeah, this yeah. is actually like like in Gossip yeah. Girl. There's this episode where I don't know one of the characters wants to go to Yale or something, and then she can't, and then she has to go to Princeton, and then she says, "Ugh." Princeton is a trade school, <laughs> and it's sort of like I. Had, it's sort of like this. And like, no, my family doesn't yeah. have a lot of money. Like, my brother applied mm-hmm. for all these scholarships but didn't get them. Like,
1: yeah. and like uh, of,
2: I- most people do not go to Harvard, and it was quite strange to see that they actually think this is just a normal possibility, mm-hmm. not being not being aware of the statistical chance of you meeting an American and that person is probably not going to Harvard.
0: I, I, I will not stand for any bad mouthing of the classical American literature that is Gossip Girl, though, <laughs> uh, where the poor character lives in like a 140 square meter apartment, but he's poor because the walls aren't white. And that's the only <laughs> distinction they make between his apartment and everyone else. I've involved. never
4: seen Gossip Girl, but I really appreciate that they have the exact same problem that Gilmore Girls does. I was about to l- say that yeah. with, um, uh, Paris doesn't get into Harvard, but she does go to mm. Yale. Well,
2: oh, Actually, I think I'm not, not even sure if it was Gossip Girl or Gilmore Girls.
0: <laughs> Gossip Girl is a good chaser for Gilmore Girls. If you binge yeah. all of Gilmore Girls, yeah. binge yeah. all of Gossip then- Girl. Rob's <laughs> trying to make a point. Yes. Actually, wait, no,
4: I think that it is Gilmore Girls because, uh, because they do mention that Princeton is the shittiest of those, even though Princeton is one of the best institutions in the United States
0: from that perspective. So... Um, Gossip Girl was also massive Trump propaganda <laughs> because it was it was always like Jared Kushner's in the show. Yeah, uh, yeah so it was Ivanka it Trump. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Trump family hanging out with a whole bunch of like old money characters. Like one of the families is the Vanderbilts. And it's like Yeah, you but know, old money Anderson, Cooper.
3: Yeah, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper is it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, the famous line in A Gossip Girl is old money, new ho. But um yeah, <laughs> sorry, go on, Rob.
3: Well, Casper, what you're saying um just reminded me of um what what Nick just brought up a second ago, which is that like people in the US like the stuff we're like talking about, like do this too, like these very like broad generalizations of the US and especially like a certain kind of US culture. And I think that a lot of the like liberal reporters or I would say America experts or um, the correspondents for big German newspapers or magazines, Spiegel, whatever, who are in the U.S., they have, like, it is an authentic reporting in the sense that, like, the kind of, like, what we think is cringe or corny or, like, calling, Casper, uh, you uh, tweeted once about Donald Trump being called Voldemort or <laughs> even something like, uh, even something like Florida. Jordan, yes. set to
2: Florida, <laughs> by, like, by a professor of American history
5: no way yeah so not even a millennial kind of on like uh, i mean he TikTok. was youngish he was okay, young for yeah. germany
0: so he was like 40 um <laughs> i can i can find somebody done stuff like posted on reddit but they're not by professors <laughs>
3: even was, the uh, the, great the, one? the article which i think uh uh, caused a lot of stir around here, which is that uh, Florida is the East Germany of the U.S. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was written by an art One critic. of my personal favorites. Wait, that was
2: in a German? I saw that in your notes, and I was like, I told one of my East German boyfriends, and he, and he like, dropped, like, a hand. <laughs> 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 I was like, what does this it's mean? Like, <laughs> it was a, it's
3: a Deutsche a Zeitung yeah. article behind the paywall, and yet it was, like, big enough that they had to have a follow-up, like, within the same 24 hours, <laughs> yeah. um, being, like, Okay, you know, analyzing the I mean things.
2: this is speculation on my part but I can totally see what happened that they simultaneously dunked on their own internal like minority like minoritized population yeah. and also on sort of rednecks yes. in yeah. the US so it's just yeah. like this liberal like pyramid you can like dunk on two populations at the same time by comparing them to each other. That's just classic the classic double-handed yeah. dunk that everyone's doing. Yeah. What, <laughs> what is I'm Phoenix getting
3: Sun's at is that like always been <laughs> um, what I'm getting at is that this is like an authentic representation of a lot of American culture. A very narrow slice of American culture, but one that is not As hegemonically as it might seem, but is somewhat predominant in the US too. It's not at all representative of like a broad swath of American life. But like, I I do think that these like correspond, America experts of correspondence are like embedded in a culture in the US and in like, I would say, an upper middle class professional urban area. And they are like reporting, yeah, this is how people talk. This is how people see their own country. And Of course, if you're a foreigner, there's extra layers of, like, generalizations or whatever. But, like, I do think there's, like, a channel going on where you have, like, a relatively similar, uh, similarly, like, cultured or especially, like, think about these political dynamics and world political dynamics in a similar way. There is, like, a relatively straightforward translation of what's going on in the U.S. to Germany. Uh, I don't know what you all think about that.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I know from experience and talking to other European journalists who've worked in the US, both people I consider friendly and like sort of vaguely politically aligned and not, that European journalists are often super close with the Brookings Institution. Mm. So if we you love check... see it, yeah. So if you check just like whatever, if it's like Süddeutsche Zeitung, Le Monde, um, La Stampa, whatever... Um, you have these like experts, quote unquote, and they're all associated with Brookings institutions. So you have like a liberal, vaguely, like slightly left of center institution that's very close to the Democratic Party that is pr- presented as neutral, right? And you might agree with a lot of their positions or not, but they're definitely not simply neutral. And the question that I have purely on a professional level is... How come reporting on the US is so different in style and in its stance to its object of reporting than reporting is on China or Russia or even France? Like, why this kind of thing does not happen in China? Because China is like bad and we know that it's bad. Like, right? So, like, everything already is like filtered. We know like Russia is like Russian authorities are not to be trusted. But this even happens with other European countries. Like, not even. France is reported on in this way or Italy, like especially not Italy because Italy is one of the pigs, of course. So it's not to be trusted at all. It's elites are not to be trusted, (laughs) but like no one just like German media does not report on France. The way the French elite wants people to think about its population in the U S this is what happens. It's just like the American, like slightly left left liberal elites narrative about the country is what is considered the truth and like actual yeah. fact instead of taking a step back and saying like, "Oh, this is what they say about themselves might be true or not, but at least having this like slight distance
0: there's a there is something that i, I was very struck, like struck by, and I think it's definitely related to this is and for our younger listeners uh it's important <laughs> to mention this, but like europe's reaction to Trump was like from this kind of like media perspective was basically the exact same as the reaction to Bush too, like to to W. Bush. Like, I remember remember when Bush got elected and all that, and like war in Iraq and liberal uh, European media being like, how could this happen? This is insane. He's clearly an idiot. He can't be the president of the United States. And then Trump happens and... They basically do the same pieces again of, like, how could this happen? He's clearly an idiot. He shouldn't be in charge of the yeah, States. Yeah, but that also
2: happened with Reagan.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Reagan was
2: literally an actor. What yeah. do you think <laughs> in, like, 1980, like, these sort of, like, very stiff, double-breasted, like, European politics journalists mm. were s- saying about him?
0: Yeah, younger types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a, but it is like amazing how powerful that kind of like media narrative is cuz it does actually get like a good deal of people to just forget the previous insane American presidency. Because Bush wasn't that long ago.
4: No, yeah, and Bush was I mean this is this is me being a little you know maybe uh uh, uh controversial if you will, but I don't, I don't think so. Bush was a way worse president than Trump was. <laughs> Just, like, the—I like mean, post-9-11 world comes down to how Bush kind of created the security apparatus that the United States has that is Mm. as brutal and as invasive as it is. Trump is awful. Don't get me wrong. Donald Trump is a unique um, phenomenon of how the United States just is culturally. Like, I think that he is—I think he is different, especially because of his celebrity and— the time and point that he came along and to be very fair he he went up against the easiest person to campaign against because <laughs> Hillary Clinton didn't campaign as a campaign should exist but all of the stuff that we've seen that has happened um obviously with the Bush administration the Obama administration and the Trump administration and now with the Biden administration the majority of that was put down by like all post 9/11 Shit, I mean, like ICE is the biggest example of that, is it not? Yeah, Part of the de- like Department of Homeland Security, yeah, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. We are all older than ICE and the Department of Homeland Security, and yet Americans generally think that that the DHS has been around for you know since since Social Security has been around in the U.S. You know, like they have implemented these these aspects of of. Yeah, the security apparatus, all that kind of shit. Um, yeah, that was all Bush stuff,
2: you know? But I this mean, is going to happen again. and Like, this yeah. is going to get much worse with the storming of the Capitol. And yeah, we were talking oh, oh, about that before. The whole shtick of these, like, centrist politicians is that they can drum up a lot of panic about fascists. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are actual fascists. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Not As we saw on the But the question is how dangerous they are and how much power they can actually take. And I don't simply don't know what you think on this issue because it's very complicated and we don't have all information we need. And there's very different voices on this. But what is obvious is that they're drumming up a lot of hysteria about some kind of fascist takeover and then implementing so many authoritarian measures themselves. So Macron Mm. is like wants to ban taking pictures of police officers police, yeah. Yeah. that lasted which of one course, day <laughs> which of, of which of course would make things like black lives matter in the u.s impossible yeah yeah
0: yeah the, the original draft of that bill wanted to like ban reporting of the like gendarmes police numbers they had to amend True. that but that was like the original draft it's like why why do they have id numbers exactly. and you can't remember
5: <laughs> Don't like, ad- use them identify
0: them yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: I just want to circle back uh, to like the media question because I think I think what we're getting at is that is two things. One, like the American media apparatus exists. Like American, an American individual's relationship to what happened um, during, let's say, the Capitol uh, uh, riot, or I don't know, a lot of relationship to Trump is so mediated through media um, that it is like. I don't want to say it's the same because it's absolutely not uh, to a German's relationship to the same thing, but it is like approaching a similar model of politicization because um, this contrasts, I mean, directly with a lot of movements on the ground, but for the people who are more and more getting everything online and are on social media all the time, it is a similar, I don't know what you all think about like how politics is like broadcast and understood and perceived like and the flip side of this real like i don't know structure in order to organize society is what we all think is the cringe, like um Jimmy Kimmel posting a video of the Statue of Liberty doing Fortnite dances oh like that's <laughs> the same thing on the other it's the flip side of what we're talking about with the German media, and could it be that like this American style of like <laughs> you know, like holding a a society together with like this media? propaganda whatever you want to call it is that just an attractive method to import like what's what's the dynamic here
2: what i thought was really interesting this summer was the big black lives matter protest in berlin that was actually on my birthday and
0: happy birthday
2: (laughs) (laughs) six months ago but thank you um
0: yeah happy birthday institutional racism exists Uh, uh, there you go (laughs) yeah
2: um, yeah, so like I went and it was like apparently it was the largest Black Lives Matter protest outside of the United States with ninety thousand mm. people. Oh, wow. what I found incredibly bizarre was that the entire aesthetic was American. So that's true.
4: Yeah,
2: every yeah, country we mentioned has. That,
4: didn't we? Uh-huh. We Yuli and I, I went. Maybe you mentioned it on air, but Yuli and I had this big exact conversation. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, so like every country has its own like. Radical aesthetic or protest aesthetic. It's different. If you go to a protest in Italy, it's going to be different than even in Spain or in mm-hmm. in France. And like the chants were in English, the signs were in English,
5: signs, exactly. Yeah.
2: And I have friends who were POC and are very active in politics with like MigantiFa and like all these things who were there and were like trying to organize a protest and like sort of maneuver these massive people into some kind of engagement with like domestic German policies and problems around Mm. racism and it like didn't really work and Mm. they expressed a lot of frustration that these people showed up and then like only a week or so later or maybe a few weeks later there was a big protest that was basically a vigil for the victims of the massacre in Hanau that happened a year before at that protest, there were only 10,000 people. Yeah. Where were the other 80, 80,000 people who showed yeah. up at Alexanderplatz?
5: I, I think um, that's actually uh, something I also wanted to say before about like, um, the media coverage about the U S in Germany that, and we've talked about that before on, on Cornerspieti, um, that of course, like there's a lot of adaptation of how like, um, news are covered um, especially when it comes like of the centrist perspective but there's also kind of always this kind of german view <clears throat> of the u.s as being like the crazy one like kind of oh see yeah. what they did there oh my god mm. they elected maybe even with reagan oh my god they elected an actor oh my god they elected trump man. yeah exactly <laughs> so <it's> germany <clears throat> likes to, that's why they compared Florida to the east, uh, or the east to Florida, because they kind of want, you know, a wild example or something, or they want to point out, oh, see, racism in the US, bad, racism in Germany, oh, no, it uh, doesn't exist, or something like that, you know, so there's a lot of, of, of course, a lot of adaption, but also a lot of, well, comparison in the sense of well at least we are not as bad as the US I, maybe I also in the uh, like also in the other direction saying oh see all the hope in the US now with Biden wish we could have that why is olaf scholz not uh, having jlo singing i don't know that know? would be so sick <laughs> not, oh not God. assuming God. Yeah. that olaf scholz is winning just saying <laughs> no
4: he's not but
5: I, I i i
4: think that it also kind of comes down cuz we we've, we've done a you know fair share of of episodes on maybe not exactly this topic but have like you know brushed on it Mm -hmm. that i think germans need that other so that they can just like justify their own like super normalized racism yeah like we talked about on um it'll be out by the time this episode comes out but um we talked about how in the cdu conference in our election special Mm -hmm. the cdu just like just displayed like very open like racism in the sense of how like quote unquote clan bosses driving yeah. Ferraris yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Exactly. You know? And how that's the way that the German mentality functions is that they, that for them isn't racist. That's just being pragmatic and being, you mm-hmm. know uh or 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 the other thing with like that 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 like sight uh, uh was it sight or I can't remember, but the cover was like a picture of a of the um like the the chocolate kiss And it's like, oh, what's this called again? Oh, yeah. You know, like, that one. they really have the, like, it really is kind of this, like, like, culture war argument that the U.S. had in the 90s that the Germans never have quite gotten over. It kind Mm -hmm. of always peaks its head up, like, but it's never been fully addressed because, like, the U.S. will have these, like, moments of, of, I think what Casper, like, really nicely pointed out at the beginning with the protest is that then the U.S. is such a, like divided weird place that then when everything kind of when shit hits the fan it all just comes out very exposed and then there is like a lot of like emotion that then is poured out by the people especially with the black lives matter protests with with all that was going on during corona and whatnot like germany doesn't have that germany doesn't have a moment of this kind of all pouring over because for germans regardless of where they are on the political spectrum it's like it's just accepted of like, well, you see, everything's good here, you know? We're not like the U.S. And they need that thing to back that up. That's at least my perspective yeah. of living here for, like, what, eight years now?
0: Like, it, this exact same shit happens mm-hmm. in Ireland. It happens in the U.K. as well. That, like, America serves as this kind of, like, almost negative spectacle
1: mm-hmm. of,
0: yeah. like, the... the I, I remember, like, everyone around me in Ireland reacting to, like, the first Black Lives Matter protests um which got in the united states when was that that was like 2012 yeah. I, or around that time and um they're like oh that's terrible That's terrible and then like not really be able to say anything about like racism in ireland towards like the black population in ireland or like against the native authorized people the 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 travelers who like have like a 20 year life expectancy difference because they're just treated like absolute shit. But like, that's just never on the news in Ireland because it's always taken up by the like spectacle of the United States.
2: Um, I have a quote about this hmm. by Alex Hockley, who is one of the guys on the podcast Off bunga bunga that I oh, really yeah. recommend.
1: They're good and ones. it's
2: an, it's an essay about, um, the globalization of American politics.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, I don't know. I just want to read a paragraph that I thought was quite interesting.
3: Yeah, go for, go for it. it.
2: At the risk of stating the obvious, the causes of George Floyd's murder and the specific demands of protesters in response are matters internal to the United States, rooted in that country's history of racism and how it polices its citizens with a brutality that increase, increasingly approximates that which, it, which it troops, its troops inflict abroad. It would be one thing if the international BLM protests were real solidarity protests if there were congregations of non-Americans acting as non-Americans expressing concern about a particular American problem. But it's clear from the demonstrations that part of the enthusiasm involves, involves a curious short circuit between American and non-American identities. These are Ameri- non-Americans acting like they're Americans, fantasizing their participation in America's problems, in eagerly adopting the slogans and paraphernalia of a uniquely American protest. And I mean, he's Brazilian in the rest of the essay. He also writes about how in Brazil, there is so much shocking racism and police violence against black people. And then the sort of urban upper middle class white intelligentsia adopts American models to talk about those things that are happening in Brazil right around the corner instead of like addressing these problems. And I think that's very similar in Europe.
5: Yeah, definitely.
3: I think, um, I remember at the time when we, I don't know, did at least one, I think it was on one episode we did about police violence um, across Europe. We kind of looked at a few different countries. I remember being optimistic in the sense that like, oh, well, this is like a new opportunity to like give like new momentum to these movements or shine a light or something, you know, and it's because America has this role in, you know, a political media ecosystem that it's like, um, (laughs) since it's like a core part of the circuitry like you can't shut off the like bad news you know just cuz you like you know if you're using it for another purpose you're going to get get this purpose too like you know you can't turn like consumption of american culture into like this have such a like i don't know um big part in the media cultural space of european countries and then like not accept the you know the movements of black lives matter and things like that but I do, maybe I didn't put it together fully at the time, but I remember being at the big, at the, uh, big uh, Black Lives Matter protest, the one you're talking about, Casper. and it was just sort of like, well, this is just not what's going on in the US. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, as an American in Germany, I'm like, I'm talking to friends, look at my phone, and it's like, well, this is just not the same thing that's going on, like, mm-hmm. and I mean, and that, that's not to say that, like, the crimes don't happen in the same way, but, like, this response at least under this label, it's just, it's not the same.
2: I just had the very bizarre feeling when it was at that big protest in June that especially the really young people, like the teenagers and people in their early twenties didn't seem like they live in Germany. They seemed like they live on Instagram. It was like, that was there. And then, in, on the internet, because the u s is the largest western country has the dominant language dominant culture dominant mm-hmm. technological yeah. platforms, everything becomes american
0: mm. it's it, it is it's an interesting thing because it's also kind of just the like is there any is it's almost like is there any point in fighting against it uh is like is kind of a question because I have seen now since like the uh, I don't know what we call it now in retrospect, but the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement that happened this year in twenty or not last year. Jesus Christ, what time is it? Uh in 2020. It's and 806, Kieran. It's not too sick. Late. <laughs> um but like I have seen since then more um before that happened, a lot of the like depoliticized American expats in Berlin that I would talk to would talk about, like, Black Lives Matter and, like, oh, it's bad. You know, in the States, it's so brutal, blah, 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 After the stuff that happened in, uh, like, middle of last year, I did hear more of them talking about, like, Uri Jall- Like, Jalo. i pronouncing his name yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, something happened. It's definitely not enough. But they're, like, beginning to, like, understand that, like, this is not an American exclusive problem. Um, I just don't know if there's any way I mean, to like fight there was, the Americanization. Of there was it.
5: stuff happening before, and that's the thing. So the stuff happening mm. before is mostly coming from from uh, you know friends or family of the people that that um, that died in like encountering the police. We had cases in Hamburg. We had cases like Jallo, There was a lot of stuff happening, but it doesn't reach the like wide public in that sense. So maybe now, yeah, because of the um BLM protests in the US, maybe now people are paying attention to it. But it's actually since Kaspar also um mentioned uh Hanau, I mean there was as you said, there was a protest going on, but people don't seem to care about mm-hmm. it that much. Even when it happened, you know, it's always kind of like brushed off. And the only people that are keeping it alive are the people that are, you know, organizing and and like starting the protests as basically close family or friends of the people that died.
2: Sometimes I feel like the German public or German media care more about neo-Nazis in the United States than the neo-Nazis that are literally down the street.
5: Yeah.
4: Oh, you mean is, the, uh, the a, daily Einzelfälle that are here? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Because, of course, it's much easier to, like, judge something that happens in a place where you don't actually have any political stake apart from sort of some kind of symbolic self-identification. But, like, here you actually have to deal with, like, the structures of the state, whatever, your racist mm-hmm. uncle or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think it's it's, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's almost as if what's happening in Europe is, like, white, middle-class American politics, but for the world. Because, like, the reason why a lot of the, like, white middle-class in America is able to talk about this, like, like even the intelligentsia in Brazil that you were talking about in that article, because they're detached from it. Politics becomes almost like a spectator sport rather than something that's actually going to impact your life. And America can just be that for every European, uh, regardless of your socioeconomic standing.
5: Yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's basically also what we get out of america is is, i mean stuff like netflix or something like that so it's basically like just a fun tv show for what i also think
2: is quite i mean this is on the cultural level because you mentioned netflix is that europeans and germans actually more so than other europeans like italians don't have this for example but like germans are are very inclined to forget their own pop cultural history yep and then just think that like and the American, like, 80s and pop culture are also their 80s, which, of course, yeah. today is true. Yeah. But in the actual 1980s in Germany, people were not watching that in many American TV shows. But, like, things yeah. that were actually on TV here, people completely forget. So there's this weird, like, implanted memory thing going on on this cultural level. And I recently watched um, Mars Attacks,
1: mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, I streamed it from classroom.
2: Amazon Prime. <laughs> And then there's this amazing scene where the Martians destroy all of these like sort of wonders of the world. Right. And then they like, mm. they like carve out alien faces into Mount Rushmore. And then they demolish the Eiffel tower and they like yeah. bulldoze the, with a bowling ball. They like um, destroy the Easter Island statues and they destroy Mecca. And they just cut a lot of these scenes. basically, Amazon cut out the scenes where the Martians destroy non-Western uh, landmarks. <laughs> because it could be <laughs> offensive, but they also don't like write anywhere. It's not like there's a little thing. Like Bling, by the way, for like cultural sensitivity <laughs> reasons, yeah. we like edited this. And
3: this is a this, new thing that keeps popping up. Like people have mentioned it in other movies. I don't remember them off the top of yeah. my head. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it's quite <laughs> shocking that this is happening. So basically our cultural memory is just being disi- like is being censored. Speaking and of which, but I thought this was really interesting yeah. because this is basically what happens with Germans today. They mm. think their memory is the American memory, but it's simply not true.
1: Mm.
2: And they're also losing touch with a lot of their own domestic cultural Definitely. and political history, which is really dangerous for things yeah. that actually happen in this country.
0: The uh, speaking of, of the streaming platforms erasing culture, uh, an American production company has. Done a live action remake of the classic Italian horny anime Winx Club. Uh, I now know, called yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, called Fate, the Winx Saga. Uh I, I, that I sounds, stand for it.
4: That sounds like one of those words that then like like um Vicks Vapor Rub that then translated <laughs> to German sounds like jacking off.
0: <laughs> mm, but the uh, on a more serious note, like Ireland kind of has a similar thing as well. Like there's there's kind of old people who will complain about like I think it was uh, late 2000s, maybe early 2010s. There was this kind of, like, 80s revival kind of, uh, like, fashion and cultural extent. Whenever that song, uh, it was acceptable in the 80s, came out. And people were... Wait, Ireland is having
2: I... a 1980s revival now?
1: Yeah,
0: no, no, right. no. Kind of late 80s. 2000s. Late 2000s. <laughs> okay, so, oh, like, okay. Normal, <laughs> like, like yeah. normal people were yeah. having, yeah. Yeah, when everyone else... When when I like had like I hair. said...
1: Yeah. Like I say, say, Ireland's part of
4: the Anglosphere. They get their trends normal. They at least they should. You had what? Yulia's looking at me like, oh what, Germany gets their trends late? Yes, you get them two one or two decades after everyone else. (laughs) Accept it. You're behind the
2: curve. It's okay.
0: we get the merit. That's, that's not true that's not true if you go to New
2: York now they're like oh my god you live yep. in Berlin it's like I love techno and you're just like it's, idiotic. <laughs> it's like the, the Atlantic acts as some kind yeah. of weird like trend exchange it's not super clear what happens true. where first <laughs> but that's because
4: but, but that's because we live in uh, you know we are all experiencing digitalisierung <laughs> and um, that's are <laughs> ah, we that. though are ah, we no we aren't of course not we will never be digitalized here but oh.
0: maybe the weird thing I mean, I ha- fax ireland. machine <laughs> oh, nice. that's a so that classic 100 gex song
4: fax machine <laughs> yeah.
0: on, the, uh, on the cutting edge technology there but it's the uh it's the weird thing that game happened game. in ireland with that like almost americanized cultural erasure because the 80s revival that was happening that was happening in ireland was not ireland's a- ireland's 80s because ireland's 80s was like poor and depressing uh mostly um but also, like, there was this push to remember Arden's 80s that also became, like, a weird caricature of it in a way that wasn't real.
2: This show, this Netflix show, Sex Ed, right? Oh, yeah. That's it's, like, set wedge, in Britain it? in a British high school. Yeah. People don't wear uniforms, and there are school sports. It's not a British high school. It's an no, American, it's high no. American high school. it's an American high school, yeah. In Sometimes, Britain with yeah. people speaking a British accent and some kind of imagined exactly. 1980s thing. So it's just this, like... Amalgamation of different cultural markers that are just like pop culture.
5: Yeah, yeah it's super yeah, weird, like
2: placeless and timeless.
0: There's a there's an episode of like Black Mirror where it's clearly set in Iceland, but everyone's speaking yeah. with a British accent as well. Like this is just a yeah a weird thing. That you was. know, everyone I
4: in Star Wars uh, also has a British accent. <laughs> that's <true. Amazing laughs>
0: I find it super
5: confusing. Sometimes I watch one of these shows and I really don't know if it's like if they're in Britain or if they're in America. They're just in a high school I yeah guess. <laughs> high school is an american concept yeah, as itself
4: true. it doesn't exist as anything else no. in the imagination yeah. other than that's the thing oh like exactly what Castro was saying is that when you move to the united states and one of the very first questions that then that you get from a lot of a lot of germans is asking if your college experience is similar to american pie i don't know if anyone else has had this Ooh. this uh uh question maybe rob has
3: not that a specific question we do use the red solo cups <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but they'll always, they'll always be like, "Oh, you do da 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 like in this American movie, and that movie's typically American pie." I'm like, "No, I've never done any of this stuff. What are you talking You've never
5: about?" Put your dick into it. Never fucked the pie. <laughs> no, of yes, course, never not. Not. had. Sex I've never with done mom.
4: I've never had sex. Yeah. So let's just. So this, real this real. is this is
0: this is cultural erasure, guys. It's just that you're missing on this proud American tradition. Yeah.
4: So but I, that's I, I, or like how American high school is too. But yeah, exactly. It's just like it's like I yeah. I well,
3: I would watch <laughs> ha- uh, American high school movies and be like, "My high school doesn't look anything like that." <laughs> like, I think that's exactly, exactly. It's specifically like they're California. All they're all walking outside. I'm like, "You can't go outside." <laughs> it's a giant. Like, Wait, what? You what? Conch, you walk like, outside all the time in high school? No, like between classes, yeah. you can't go outside. Yeah, no, of course, you. Arizona.
5: But, yeah, Maybe because it's hot. Because yeah, it's Arizona. hot. Yeah, it's,
2: it's like closer to. But that's leave. <laughs> they're like you can leave if you want. You will. You will like. Dehydrate and die. <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, yeah. uh, really. would it surprise you that where my high school was used to be a tuberculosis camp? No.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. So okay. You guys are telling me that all of Maybe your this high call schools. is video, so no. You guys telling me that all of your high schools weren't filled with hot thirty-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Dawson's Creek lies. <lying> uh, <laughs> All right. Um,
3: so. No, okay, so I, I want to try to get these things straight that we're talking about. It seems like we're talking about two different um, dynamics going on with American media and its political effects. One seems to be like a negative effect, which is that America's like like um, the great, I don't know, projection screen that you can be like, oh, well, all the problems over there, we're not like that. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like mm-hmm. separates whatever culture you're talking about, whatever political environment you're talking about, um, they don't have, it's better in comparison, you don't have the same problems. Uh, The other one seems to be like a positive effect, which is that we can, we should like, I don't know how it's described, but we can take all those like advanced good things or look how much nicer it is there or like let's just incorporate that. Let's take it for ourselves. And of course, because it's like, I don't know, an online, a media, a propaganda thing, it is like, Inherently shallow, um, but those seem to be—they seem to operate in different ways and perhaps at different points in time. I would say a lot of the Trump media is associated with the first kind, the like, oh, the big bad wolf. That's they're so crazy over there. Whereas it seems like under the Biden era, and America being um, maybe considered more woke than other countries, then it'll operate in this more positive way, which is that oh, you can just incorporate these things from America. Um, We should learn from them. Look at all these good things they do. Um, Is that, did I get this right? What what is, is, is this the dynamic or what?
0: Yeah. Before we move on from the word woke, did you see that a journalist asked Boris Johnson if he thought Joe Biden was woke? (laughs) No, (laughs) well, frankly, I think Joe Biden is quite a woke. This is the level of uh, journalism. Hard hitting journalism. What what was his answer? answer?
2: In ancient Greek,
0: I did. I did look at the answer. I was too baffled by the question to be honest.
2: Yeah, Nicholas, what is what is Greek for woke? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> w- Wokalides, I don't know. Uh, yeah, w- Wokalides, probably something like yeah. elos or something Some
5: like, like sun. Or I'm like... pretty sure but, uh, that uh, knowing knowing how
4: <laughs> knowing how modern Greek works, they probably just call it like woke. Uh,
0: yeah, and they probably
4: write it even better in <laughs> the Latin alphabet.
0: <laughs> mm. We're going to the serious question that Rob had.
2: Um, I think. Part of the, I mean, we're now we've been talking about sort of the cultural side, and then maybe later we can talk about like what the actual interest is of European or German media to speak about things that happen in the US in a certain way, and then maybe yes. we can also get into class issues. Yes. Um. But on the, just on a last remark, perhaps on the cultural side is that Europeans often don't seem to realize that American pop culture is a fantasy. Like, what you mentioned about how your high schools did not look like what high schools look like in high school movies. If I have to say high school one more time, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> 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 um, but in this way, like Gilmore Girls is a fantasy, Gossip Girls is a fantasy. But for some reason, Europeans seem to have this like weird hope that perhaps this is true. And I feel like every time I fly to the US, which I do relatively often because most of my family lives there, I see like these Europeans that are like bumbling around the airport or that seem to be looking for like some kind of imagined American object that doesn't exist, and they're like wearing these shirts with American flags printed on them <laughs> that make them look super weird. And it reminds me of the Europeans or like white people I saw in Tokyo that were the only people dressed like manga characters while actual Japanese. <laughs> People were like dressed head to toe in office wear because they have to work for 27 hours a day.
5: Yeah, I don't know. you... Like, capitalism in Japan, in Japan. <laughs> nobody talks about that. So about
4: Japan, also, uh, they, they, they cracked the code for more hours in their day. I'm you know, I mean, you can sleep that. on the job, yeah, <laughs>
5: you can basically live in your office <laughs> again. Okay, um,
3: but did you have anything to add politically? You said what, um,
2: okay, so, um like what? To me, the question is: What is the point of reporting on the US in this way? I mean, it's not like a conspiracy. I'm not saying they're doing anything on purpose, or there's some like cabal of like Germans who are like ha 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 ha, mm-hmm. we will like talk about Joe Biden this way, so the population thinks this. That's not the point. But um, so during the the inauguration that happened two days ago, this is the time of recording. Um, you had like, all these German journalists writing about how, about this like, feat of propaganda, which I also think is fine. It's like a democracy or a state telling a story about itself in a mm-hmm. certain way. But then just saying that this is true, which is quite bizarre, just reporting on what Biden said in his speech and saying, well, the U.S. is a wonderful democracy. The institutions are fantastic. Finally, someone is respecting the institutions again. Like, no, the institutions in the U.S. are corrupt. They're built on blood. They're designed to keep working people out, to keep minorities out, and so on. So just saying that everything is fantastic or, like, referring to the capital as a temple of democracy, and it's just like, well, it was built by slaves. Like, it's not a temple of democracy. Like, what is the reason why, why are they so invested in presenting american institutions as inherently good and i think there we get into more sort of interesting and complicated issues about the relationship of germany to the us and like how the us is a model of a certain type of democracy and like mm-hmm. why germans need an external like more powerful country to emulate
0: but it's a that's always a good question because one of the things I did notice um, in the last week, kind of in the run up to the inauguration, is um, my favorite people, uh, my favorite think tank, uh, the ECFR, the European Council for Foreign Relations. Oh yes, yeah, they they um, they started cranking out the tweets again and talking about how now is the opportunity to like deepen military connections between Europe and. The U.S., even though all of their own polling shows that, like, every European country has, like, a a strong majority for, no, we would not like to do that. Mm -hmm. Even Poland, which I find insane. Yeah, yeah, that's that's
2: their new thing. It's like, now, finally, the U.S. is sane again. But uh, but maybe Trump was actually right. Maybe we should increase funding for our army. Which is a very bizarre, like, workaround. Uh Uh-huh.
3: Well, you can That's finally say should, that now that yeah, Trump yeah, is yeah. Uh, is like sidelined as a threat, right? Now you can be like, "Oh, well, you know, he had a point about this." It's the same way people can share Bernie Sanders memes now.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just, I personally love the ACFR at the moment because they are just like posting their own elves because it is just like, oh man, sixty nine percent of the Polish public don't think that America can be trusted. Uh, what can we do to change that? <laughs> More American troops there? I think that's what we'll do.
2: More yeah, I mean, That's, also, that's <laughs> also in this article by Gero von Rando, in Die Zeit, that you sent around, right? Amerika, das uh, yeah. Schreckliche. America, yeah, yeah. the Beautiful, the Terrible. Um, when he's sort of, like, reflecting, it's just before the presidential election in November, and he's reflecting on, um, like, why... Like the U.S. is an important country, basically for Germany. He also talks about his personal relationship with the U.S., which is sort of funny because apparently he visited a couple times. That's it, yeah. and it's like his dad worked there.
3: Oh. Yeah, and he listened like, to like Nina to Simone and, <clears throat> and yeah, he Frank, listened to Frank Nina Zappa and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I listened to Horse the band. One of my aunts lives in Seattle. I haven't seen her in ten years, so I understand this country perfectly.
4: You probably understand it better than. Um, some of these uh, uh, journalists do, Kieran. Or the man from... speaks about a lot of things. Exactly, <laughs>
2: yes. I mean, just admitting that maybe you don't know the country that well would already give you an advantage over these journalists yes. who claim to know everything.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, but in, in this article, I mean, he also ends up with this point that Germany needs to invest more in its army to please the United States, basically. <laughs> Um and it's quite I mean I actually did read this when it came out but I forgot about it so but it's a really good article to send around on this issue on this topic the first sentence is das ist schon bitter erst verlor die DDR ihren großen bruder 3 jahrzehnte später erleidet das vereinigte deutschland einen ähnlichen verlust
5: Oh my god no way
2: This is the first sentence it's bitter first the GDR lost its, its big brother
5: yeah.
2: Russia 3 decades later united germany suffers a similar loss
3: it's it's funny because the the last sentence of the first paragraph compares Trump to um, Max Stirner, <laughs> which is just an out of left field uh, Trump comparison. <laughs> to show that like
2: I've read books. No, I find no, that interesting though this because horseshoe theory.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you know who Gero von Rando is?
3: I I know that he was he, he kind of thinks he's he kind of grew up in like a links milieu, like gone mainstream. Yeah.
2: So he used to be the editor-in-chief of Zeit Online and made Zeit Online big. And he's a very seasoned, very competent journalist. In the 1980s, he was the editor-in-chief of Elan, which is Mm. or was a socialist magazine for teenagers, which was funded secretly by East Germany. And so he's an old West German leftist like radical leftist. And these people all had to do so much mea culpa since the 90s that they usually end up way on like the harsh, hard neoliberal side. Yeah, Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of these characters floating around in German media.
5: I mean, Germany does have, I mean, a different relationship to the US than other European countries because of the Marshall Plan in that sense. And so like this is the thought that he has behind that it's kind of like the big brother as, of course that's ridiculous but yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course like a, it's you can definitely make compare like compare and contrast with like the UK's relationship with like the US because there's still that like faction of conservative thought in the yeah. UK that's like we are the Greece to America's robe Basic. Yeah, we yeah, are. True. Yeah, We're the great part of this Atlantic we project. Speak. We're German, they yeah. fuck, They're,
2: they're exactly elites, fuck now. children.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> so. Classic. They're just like us. Um, but, like, the. I think Germans' understanding of their American relationship, they always try to couch it in, like, pragmatics mm. of just, like, we need their market. We need their protection. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, there's no ever, like, I think the UK always relies on this, main like airy fairy kind of I- like idealism about the American yeah. relationship. Whereas there are German children, are
5: like, basically, like UK seeing the US yeah. as their baby, big, yeah. big baby. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's also where like a lot of the German ressentiment comes from. Though, so, like the old ressentiment, when you look at the like how Germans felt about America, like. Maybe not in the last 30 years, as Kaspar already said, that it changed, um, but before this whole concept of Ami go home and stuff like that, you know, and this, like, <laughs> I don't know, this far-right, like, idea of Germany being an occupied country, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
2: I mean, these, the relationship of Germany to the United States is very complex and, you have like, yeah. it's really difficult to parse, like, what political corner someone is coming from by saying what,
5: yeah. So, like <laughs> this amigo
2: home thing can be like both it left and a, right. A left,
5: yeah. I mean, we've like, seen that with the DSA chapter in Berlin. Yeah, sure. um, like comments coming from the far right, also coming from the yeah. German left, uh, critiquing this as like basically U.S. and imperialism <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah
2: I mean then we can also get into the the split between anti-deutsch and anti imps yeah
5: because yeah, I mean
2: there's a faction of the radical left in Germany that just loves the United States True, <laughs> it's just like they're the best country in the world the guarantor of yeah. bourgeois liberal
0: rights. Yeah, no. that's great. <laughs> we did we did an episode about it. It's called Insert Adorno quote here. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. You can go check that out. It is the anti Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember the name. Um, I it,
2: actually, to be honest, I think the anti-Dutch are actually quite important. I don't like want to dunk on them completely, at least. I do understand their historical reason why they exist, and
1: yeah.
3: Yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, Yulia mentioned the DSA, so I'll take that opportunity to bring it back to um, the articles, uh, the series of articles, uh, I think there were five, maybe I missed one, that you wrote, Casper, during your time in the US um, because you interview several DSA members, um, but you interview a lot of different movements on the ground, and I think that that is a pretty stark difference to how uh, an, an intercontinental media reporting relationship could work because you do have to, like, the relationship to you're not reporting on America capital A this like fantasy media cultural spectacle that serves like a political hegemonic purpose you're talking about like what's going on in all these different cities it's different in every city of course they're connected by the same uh, conditions but you really it's a different story in every city so i don't know I just want if there's anything you want to share about the articles in general um, just go off on that and and anything else about like ideas about reporting on yeah, breaking out of this bubble <laughs> that we spent the past hour talking about.
2: Yeah, so this is, it was not my first reporting trip in the US for this newspaper. I was there in 2018 for the midterms as well. Hmm. Um, it was, that was much shorter though. Like, I only wrote four articles then, this time, or three, and then one later. And actually, on this trip, I almost interviewed Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. While she was running, and then the meeting was moved, and it was the day I flew back to Europe. And I was like, ah, this like nobody in New York, that's whatever. <laughs> like I would have been nice to have her, but whatever. And then I like land, and it's just like, oh shit, now she's famous, and I was like this close. <laughs> um, yeah, man. <laughs> um, but so this time I was there for seven weeks, and the commission was basically well, first of all, I could go because I'm American, as I mentioned. That's why they didn't send one of their own people. They like hired me as a freelancer. But the commission was basically to report on like different social issues leading up to the election, how people are dealing with it. So um, I chose like different cities where things were happening and people were engaging with issues in an interesting way. And as you mentioned, I ended up talking to a lot of people from DSA, but it's not because I specifically chose DSA. It's because DSA actually shows up and DSA answers your emails. I, mean, I think this is an important point for activists and organizers that if you want to further your message and want to like spread your message, answer journalists' emails. It's not that difficult. It's like, we're usually pretty <laughs> flexible. <laughs> but yeah, because they actually have act- actual organizational chops. Yeah. Um but yeah the issues are actually quite different in different cities but yeah I don't know do you want me to say anything more specific
3: Uh well my question was like did you have this America image in mind or how much did you when you were oh, reporting on it did you have to avoid it did you like yeah. did you not think of it um and I mean you can share details from the articles cuz I thought they were really interesting I definitely learned about I didn't know anything about um is it free the people rochester or for the people um, Free the people of Rochester. Yeah, that was really, I mean, just like stuff like that, you is you don't even read on like a national scale that much in the US.
2: Yeah, I mean, the reason why I went to Rochester was because the paper wanted me to do something on Black Lives Matter. And I was sort of like, but what?
3: <laughs> like,
2: like <laughs> and then if, if you look up the actual, the people who claim to have founded Black Lives Matter, they're all like quite oh, terrible yeah. neoliberals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like... Mm-hmm. Do like photo shoots for Vogue and have like these websites that are just like consumption based, and they do like talks yeah. for a lot of money, and it's sort of very image based yeah. and it doesn't seem very political. Oh yeah, anymore. I mean, without but getting into the whole
3: history, like so much of this because it it was birthed out of Ferguson. I mean, the the it was used before too, but that's when it um, I think got really big on a national scale. And a lot of the people who like created the actual hashtag were people who just came to Ferguson, like from they just drove there and showed up. And so there were all, it was always this like twin, this like parallel. I don't know meanings to the to the movement or whatever. I don't know. Sorry, I interrupted you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but then if you actually look at these at these movements, not only black lives matter but also other movements around housing like in Seattle I wrote about movements around housing and mutual aid and so on that they really do not have these problems between like identity politics and class politics. Like this thing that is always like such a big issue in liberal media that liberals claim like, Oh, like they're trying to divide the left somehow. And they're saying like, Oh, the trans people are against the union workers. And like, this is actually not true because a lot of trans people are actually union workers themselves. Like, (laughs) and like this girl that I talked to in Seattle was sort of like, yeah, I'm trans. And I used to be a programmer and I made $120,000 a year. doesn't make any sense. Like but most trans people I know are actually really poor and like, have these both issues at the same time. And so the reason why I decided to go to Rochester was because I thought their movement, their black lives matter movement or chapter, whatever you want to call it. That is free. The people Rochester is actually really interesting because they're very pronounced in combining class issues and race issues. And also because the city itself has a black black female mayor and a black, police commissioner so i wanted to be able to write about what like left-wing african americans were organized in movements actually think about issues of like black representation in politics and if it's enough that you just have black faces in high places as one of the saying goes and spoiler they really do not think it's enough that was <laughs> like it was amazing i also got super drunk with these like nine black lives matter girls they were like they're really cool yeah
3: but i think something like that is just so it's it sounds so simple but like to, to put it like uh in a reddit nerd way the like the eternal question of oh is it identity or is it class is like a feat it's a feature not a bug of this mainstream media rep- reporting on movements like it's like It's posited as like, an uh, oh, a never-ending question. What are you going to do? Throw it to commercial break. Like, you know, whereas whereas if you like this other form, like what I appreciate about you reporting is that like when you get to some examples, like you're like, well, this is what's actually going on. I
2: think to answer your sort of meta question about the image of the US, I think because I'm American, but I grew up abroad. So I'm American socialized. English is my first language. Like I've visited a lot. I went to American schools abroad. Um, I don't think the U.S. is a unified place. Like I don't think you can explain the U.S. is like one thing, right? Like so. I mean, I I know this
4: as as someone from the U.S. that Rob and I live in two different worlds of where we're from. So (laughs) like, Yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. So it's neither, it's just not alien or exotic to me. And it's also not like the country itself or national American culture is not on a pedestal for me. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, because I grew up abroad, it's still like, I don't know. I still have a certain distance to it. So I think I can, I can write about it quite well, if I may say so myself for a European audience, because I can still see things that like Europeans would notice. And so on, without being completely like steamrolled by, yep. I don't know the size of the hamburgers.
1: <laughs> Route 66. Oh man. those hamburgers! <laughs> oh, they're, they're
2: so good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the the chick the the fried chicken on waffles I had in D.C. Oh,
5: <laughs> the chicken and waffles! Oh my god! Oh, the best
2: grits in my life on this trip. Ugh. Oh maybe we should take a few minutes to talk about concrete yeah. examples of German reporting. So like just like yes. the Spiegel cover mm. that shows the Statue of Liberty, because the new one is Joe Biden putting oh, the head dang. back onto it. You know what? Dutch I'm so Trump. glad no that he way. does that. Yeah. Wow. Like he's yeah, and he's wearing work. a mask. Of course. He's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> good, Joe.
1: Uh,
5: yeah, Uh yeah.
3: Zeit had one with Kamala from earlier this year that I can't quite put my finger on now. Um, Oh, I don't right. so looking very
4: saying, Madam President or whatever. Yeah,
3: she's was looking like she was going to save the world.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. It just said hope. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: yeah, that's the buzzword, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the bus word buzzword is hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. every and black I mean,
1: person
4: they... in the United States uses the word hope when they run for office. <laughs> Nothing else. That's the <laughs> only thing
5: that Germans know. No, I'm talking about liberals in general. I like no, it. no, no. But I mean.
2: I yeah. mean, this also points to, by the way, how just like bad people's English is, or like things that, like, thank you. you the, <laughs> no, no, but like the 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 part the side podcast on the United States, yeah, right, is called Okay America.
1: Okay, America. It's just America. like, <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> so it's it's English, yeah. but it's a really really bad English. Is this like a pun, or I mean, is this the level of English people understand?
5: So I, it's think just I, called, I okay, America.
2: Yeah, it's just called yeah. okay, America. What? Yeah,
5: okay. I
0: mean, <laughs> okay, America. Okay. I, I would say it's like, I okay, okay America. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, <this> America. Is...
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking all the different
0: ways I can.
5: Exactly. Maybe that's yeah, the I'll... point. It depends on what they're talking we about, might, so you yeah. can We might <laughs> be
0: giving to. I was thinking about how, like, OK is the greatest contribution to the English language that the Americans ever did, because, like, linguistically, <laughs> no one... Oh, you're Still, no one knows about where this. it comes from. I know, exactly, but so, was you, so were you. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I'm just thinking, like, the way that I read this
4: is, like, the the real way of, if I read that, would be, like, the... Okay, okay, America.
0: Okay, America. Well, I was oh, that's so a like condescending every... German, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's because <laughs> every every normie podcast has the artwork that like hosts the podcast hope like holding a cup of coffee and looking at you like they're really happy to see you this morning. Except for what? that it's probably
4: yeah. some man who looks like Jan man who is who is uh, hosting it.
0: Or
5: Joe
4: Lesched.
1: <laughs> or <laughs> Joe <is> Lesch- Larry. <laughs> Um uh, yeah, the can I remind person. you of,
5: of the pre-Trump uh discussion that the um BPB together with like some some Oh yeah had.
4: post-racism in the United States. Exactly, or which
5: was called no, what's up America, what's up, America? <laughs> yeah. <And it> was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like uh, um, it was great <laughs> what it do,
4: it's Paul Wall and the People's
2: Champ.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Well, you know, one of the the Okay America podcasts is Rika Habat's the U.S. correspondent for Die Zeit.
1: Mm.
2: And Klaus Prinkbeumer, used to be the editor-in-chief of Der Spiegel, oh. who had to leave the Spiegel under a pall. Um, but he lived in the U.S. for a while, which qualifies him to host a podcast for, I guess, a lot of money. And he wrote um, a column for Tagesspiegel, Berlin newspaper, about his time in mm. New York. And here you really see this class issue that we talked about, how Europeans are often incapable of seeing their own class position or recognizing the class position of the Americans that they deal with. So he wrote about how he was always hanging out at the New York yacht center. That was his like home. So Mine he's like, too, homie. Yeah. It's like a column from last year. Um, and he's talking about like how sad New York city is with Corona. Nothing's happening. He's remembering the good times at the New York, at the Manhattan yacht club. And he writes, <laughs> and In Clubs wie diesen trafen sich in New York Bankerinnen mit Schauspielern, UNO-Menschen, Politikerinnen, Schriftsteller, Anwälte, alle offen für alle anderen. So öffnete sich die Stadt, auch für mich. So fand ich hinein, jenseits der Korrespondentenwelt. Das war mein New York. So in Clubs like these, in New York, Bankers and Actors met UN-Staff, Politicians, Writers, Lawyers, Everything was open for everyone. In this, <laughs> <That's> way, everyone. <laughs> in this way, the city also opened itself up for me. This is how I found found into the city beyond the world of correspondence. This was my New York. Sounds like wow, yeah, America that's really that's the beginning right? of a Martin Scorsese movie. So,
5: yeah, true. It sounds like the beginning of it. But It's, so it's, it's good, fellas, <laughs> but boring. People are talking about no, it's interesting. That, in that's home. wonderful. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry. That rules. Like everyone was here. Writers, UN, <laughs> um, uh, uh, corporate lawyers. How do then, they, not state underst- state lawyers. How they not? How does that not understand worlds. Trump? Then is
4: the thing I don't yeah. understand. Is that then you're literally hanging out with then the people who Trump probably also hangs out with? Yet they can't wrap their head around then the spectacle of then what allows someone like a Trump to exist in American culture? You know, like either they're bullshitting. Or they only see this then as a cultural phenomenon and not how the United States can exist, you know, simultaneously, culturally and politically.
2: But the thing is they know, like politicians and lawyers, they don't know anyone who's ever been homeless,
4: right? No, exactly.
2: And, like yes. I exactly. know people in the US who've been homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just a fact of life. And if you're not aware of this, yeah. then you have a completely warped idea of what the US is.
5: Exactly. Yeah, that's fascinating that you can be so removed from you know, the reality oh, and the complexity of society and what is going on, that you really believe that this is New York and this is New York yeah. opening up to you. <laughs> and, and yet I have to say, it's not, it's, yeah.
3: it's, it's, it's not the same, but like so many Americans live that way too. <laughs> they don't know a homeless person and all oh, the media sure. they consume is like, so they think so like, like. Well, why don't they just get an apartment? You know, like that's, it's not like as many people, but some or people, <laughs> and especially the people who like uh, have high positions in media can operate in a somewhat similar way. It just shows that America yes, is like your, a little... Yes, but your
2: job as a correspondent is to see that and not be swallowed by it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. No, exactly, exactly. exactly.
3: It's a different it is, role, but I'm just trying to
0: uh, yeah. contextualize. You're, you're totally right, Casper, like, it's like a failing at their job because the other aspect of this is that it's like so easy to see the, like, this guy's New York as a tourist. In the same way that anyone who comes to Berlin for a visit sees like Potsdamer Platz, uh, like META, like these parts of Berlin that are relatively clean and gentrified. Whatever. I'm, I'm home, baby.
2: That's the first thing I saw when I thought when I saw Potsdamer Platz. Oh, when, well, I, uh, when I came back from the US this time, I landed at the new airport.
4: Oh, how oh my, it? my God. <laughs> <It> was so <laughs> bizarre. Too. Me I, too. Like,
2: flew, I had to fly to Munich and then change the plane. And I like landed... In Bay Area. and I thought like I had flown back to Munich. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking it was nightmare. Just a super bizarre experience. I was like, "This is not Berlin." Like, there's no like flashing neon, and there's no like blood on the wall. <laughs> just like, yeah, the clean, toilets are and clean.
0: And <laughs> like, yeah, things <laughs> changed, man. <laughs> and, but like, it, it's the same. Like, if you go to if you go to Paris as a tourist, or like in that kind of tourist mindset, the parts of Paris you're going to see are. Incredibly fancy, and are going to be filled with u n officials, yeah. and lawyers, and actors like it's, it, it, it's it's a failing on this correspondence part because their understanding of America is surface level or like to use the perfect euro English word touristic uh it's not like it's not going to be the same insight that like yourself is going to get or that like. Rob or Nick is going to have as someone who like grew up in real America, non Dawson's Creek high school.
4: Yeah, my America is that where the Kyles run wild and Monster (laughs) (laughs) Energy drink flows. Arizona. (laughs) I'm not joking about any of this. No,
0: I I know, I know you're not.
4: Where Broken Side is the national anthem.
5: (laughs) Oh,
0: Broken Side, yes. I'm sorry. Okay, that's getting very niche. What? I know Broken Side. MySpace. (laughs) All right, yeah, MySpace corner over here. Uh, I guess on
4: that note, we will uh, see you guys all next week. And obviously, uh, before we go, uh, Casper, where can uh, our listeners find you and follow you and read your great stuff?
2: They can find me on Twitter. My name is Casper Schaller, C. And no C in the back. So, English spelling.
0: <laughs> um, I'm working on that line. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. in the can front, re- no C in the back. Yeah. I mean, I publish regularly in Die Zeit and Der Freitag, and I write for Jacobin, the German Jacobin, and Watts and so on.
0: Yes. Yeah. We'll have uh, links to descriptions of some of the articles that you wrote that we mentioned in this episode, as well as a link to your Twitter account in the description of this episode so people can find you if they don't know how to spell anything. (laughs) (laughs) I
4: am illiterate, so yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Ciao, ciao.
4: Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.